Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Logger Layover Podcast, where we are exploring great cities in America one pint at a time. And now your host, Dave Butler. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Logger Layover Podcast hosted by Florida Beer Media. You can always find us on the web at floridabeermedia.com and Logger Layover is available at Logger Layover on Instagram and Twitter. This is Dave, your host. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the first of a few episodes taking place in the great state of Arizona. I was there, gosh, about five or six months prior to the quarantine. I was able to re-record these episodes, but unfortunately they did not get out in time. So I'm able to sit down and get those out now for a host of technical and other reasons. So I do apologize for the delay. But today we are heading to Flagstaff. And if you think of Arizona being hot and arid and deserty and very flat, well, Flagstaff is the city that is going to take those assumptions and throw them completely out the window. In fact, it was pretty cold when I was there. So cold that I actually avoided the snow by about 23 hours. But while I was there briefly, I did get to stop in on Dark Sky Brewing which is definitely one of the absolute best breweries that I've ever been to, not just Arizona, but the entire United States. They've got a phenomenal range of incredibly inventive beers. They can also do the classics exceptionally well. And we're going to be talking to some people from Dark Sky Brewing, including co-owner and brewer Brian Sandlin. And he also brought over Miguel Guzman, who is their social media manager and one of the bartenders, and Alex Dangerfield, another one of the bartenders that are there. We're going to be talking about a lot of amazing things that happen, not just in the brewery itself, but in the greater Flagstaff area, and talk about the Arizona beer scene as well. So sit back and relax. Thank you so much to Dark Sky Brewing for your hospitality. We really do appreciate it. If you're in the area, I definitely recommend that you go. And we will talk to you soon. Enjoy. Well, I guess guess I'm just amazed because myself and the rest of the world sort of assumes that Flagstaff. It's it's all just Arizona and it's all just desert. It's all... Yeah, people are like, isn't it hot there? really <laughs> it's it's what probably 50 55 degrees outside right now yeah yep cool. <clears throat> so i guess as the owner of dark sky brewing mm-hmm. let's start with it 
with just the name because Flagstaff is the first international dark sky city. Indeed. What is that? Um, so that's basically a mandate. Uh, we, we can see the Milky Way here from downtown. Okay. So it's a, it's a light ordinance. Um, big okay. box stores aren't allowed here unless they do certain things with their lighting uh, on uh-huh. the outside. Uh, we have the observatory right down the street here. Um, okay. That one's they uh, they discovered Pluto there. Really? It's like it's claim the fame. Um, they did a lot of research on Mars and that sort of stuff. Um, it's just it's a really good spot for it because of uh, you know how high we are, how clean the air is. I realized that we were higher than Denver. Yeah, yeah, we're at seven thousand feet right here, <laughs> and that's why I can't breathe. Yep, exactly. So, but interesting, I did not realize that they had an ordinance. And is there something about the sky and astronomy that sort of speaks to you? Because you know, not only is it that, but they were showing me the absolutely gorgeous. Uh, bar mm-hmm. where you have fiber optics yep. that are the constellations yeah um we built all that when we moved in here um my wife and i uh she designed the entire place i built almost everything you see in here um yeah we just we've always loved just being outside you know camping under the stars that sort of thing mm-hmm. so it was the perfect fit nice yeah so i guess the traditional questions of how did you get started? How long you been brewing? And then how did you decide to open up a place like this? Well, we started home brewing uh, just in the garage, and like it, it just took fire. We got super excited. Um, we were brewing four or five batches a week. Like we were like a little production brewery. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, started this. Uh, what you see here was not here on this side of the building. We were just on that long corridor okay. side, which is why there's two sort of side entrances. Correct. Yeah, if yeah, I can see sort of in the ceiling. I guess the scene yep. between the two buildings. Yeah, so we started with a three-barrel brewery. We still have it. Uh, mm-hmm. We started with four three-barrel uh, fermenters. So not a ton of volume we could put out of here. Um, we got popular pretty quick, which was very fortunate for us. So uh, all these tanks behind you here, uh, we have to double batch of those. Those, those are seven-barrel tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're averaging brewing about 80 barrels per month, three at a time. And I was reading that by the time you hit one year... You had brewed 100 different beers. Yep. By two years, it was 200 different beers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that you don't have cores, or if you we do... We do not. So that's that's our thing. We love to experiment and try new things and um, just have fun with it, you know? So by the time this podcast gets released, yeah. nothing on tap will be there, I would assume. Most likely. <laughs> um, we are going to start keeping core names. Okay. Um, just to streamline everything for like inventory and taxes and that purpose. Um, so Vision Quest is our West Coast IPA. That will mm. stay Vision Quest, but it will be like hopped with this or hopped with that. Rainy Days, our Hazy IPA, same thing. We'll just kind of mess around with the hopping and stuff. Cool. So, so I guess in terms of styles you're pretty well all over the board yeah. and seeing as i've got three people in front of me and of the three people we now have four beers on the table yeah um what exactly are you all drinking i'm drinking the the rainy days are hazy oh, IPA. The rainy days, hazy, yeah gotcha i'm just i like juicy ipas yeah. Yeah. So same. Do the same thing yeah <laughs> it's, because, it's because we don't have a pilsner on tap right now Otherwise, we'd all be drinking. <laughs> gotcha. And I guess I'm the outlier with the brown ale. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm happy to see. Brown ales. Yeah. Just are, are sort of the redheaded stepchild of craft beer nowadays. It's a good base for coffee and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this is coffee and hazelnut yep. as well, right? Yep. Locally roasted coffee. Uh, yeah. That um, we're getting almost everything from Fire Creek now. Okay. Um, 
in my opinion, one of the better roasters in town. Uh, Lux just moved into town also, and they're, they make amazing coffee as well. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing that I was a little surprised on when I was researching is how much craft beer is going on just in Flagstaff. I mean, you've got a, There's a lot of brewery in Flagstaff, yeah. I mean, probably about 10, 12, and I think there's a ale trail here now, too. Yeah. Yeah, we're all within like a half mile of each other, too, which is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, you can park your car, if you can find parking. Yeah. <laughs> it took a little while for me. Yeah. How has the city been when it comes to breweries? Has it been sort of uh, something that grew up behind their back, or...? No, um, they've really supported it. Uh, Coral Evans, who's the mayor right now, they actually started the craft beer FLG tagline thing, so like the city's all on board. and It's been actually a really good marketing thing for us, bringing a lot of people into town. Interesting. Yeah. And I had been asking you this before a little bit earlier, and you kind of said the West Coast-ish style IPA, yeah. but does Flagstaff really have a beer that pretty much every you go to every brewery here they're gonna have this beer on tap or something like it ipa yeah i feel like people IPA. like bitterness in this town they yeah. like the west yeah. coast bitterness. but specifically the west coast you yeah, know I you're all so, drinking yeah. hazies yeah well, well, though, i feel like though some people you know that it, as a server here and someone you know i'm working kind of behind the scenes um i see it's you know there's so many different demographics of people uh the west coast is really popular but as like people are becoming more um i guess uh educated and aware it's just like they, they're starting to find out like well it's not all about the bitter west coast ipa you know it's like people love like we have some like that um uh, the wheaties red idea yeah. it's a pumpkin milkshake ipa <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you wouldn't how, think it would work, but it actually turned out really man, nice. How how did that even become a thought? It's a long <laughs> it story. Wheaties, bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Our friend Wheaties. Yeah. Wheaties. <laughs> he hates milkshake IPAs and he hates pumpkin. He he brews down at Tombstone Brewing Company. Um, mm -hmm. He's making some of the best uh, hazy IPA in the country right now. If you get your hands on it, it's really good. <laughs> it's up, it's incredible. Yeah. Shout That's, out to Crosby Hop Farms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, not that you don't have the Crosby Hop Farm hat on you right now. Correct. So. <laughs> I guess it's not so much what you what do you generally brew. I guess it's easier to ask what don't you brew. Is there any hammers? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we'll have the Munich Dunkel out next week, which is kind of a yeah. lager, but it's amber. So, yeah, I mean, nothing's off limits. We like everything here. As you were saying, there's a lot of sours. There's a lot of mixed firm. Yeah, there's yeah, a, a lot, lot of barrel aged sours here. But with that Ryan's being said, if you freaking genius with the barrel aging stuff. Well, yeah, Ryan's killing it with the with the barrel aging. But if you look at our menu, we probably typically will have just as many sours as we will have darks and like you know, you know, lagers and mm -hmm. it's, or you know, I, I feel like people they'll list as a sour brewery but only because there are other breweries that don't necessarily even produce sours so uh, where we might have like five out of ten or even sometimes even it'll be like six out of 17 beers you know but we're known as a sour brewery and like but six out of 17 that's like that that's a different not that's not half. that's not even <laughs> half of it right but but it is a lot compared to like other breweries right and most people thing. come here for that yeah although like now we're i don't know the barley wine we have a really strong barley wine mm -hmm. following and um so like you know like we we're not like opposed to like brewing barrel age all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was amazed that you've got I mean you've got basically two separate barrel areas. You've yep. got one for your infected beers. You've got yep. one for your 
big heady stouts, mm -hmm. but you're also only running a you know, three barrel system and you've got 17 taps. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what I was telling you earlier. They grew in every freaking day. Yeah. We're, uh, we're busy here. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple weeks has been pretty fun too. Like having that sour room back there and this over here, it's almost like having two breweries run at once. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're doing a lot of, uh, can condition stuff back there now. Um, uh, clean loggers, big stouts, stuff like that. So it's been fun. Are you, are you looking forward to trying to be one of, I guess, the, the Hayes, Bro, Beer, Trady, um, lines around the block for bottle release kind of breweries? I don't personally want that because that's that's a lot for, like, these guys to handle on a day like that. And that's just a recipe for disaster, you know. Nobody, it's never going to live up to anybody's expectations. I mean, you're probably super familiar with it down there in Florida with, like, Jay Wakefield and Cycle and all those guys. Yeah. Seen it. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> well, I guess what kind of uh, crowds do you generally get? Do you have a lot of locals that are searching for those? Is there a groundswell nice. in the greater Arizona brewing community that will come to Flagstaff in general and to Dark Sky in particular? We do, we do pretty well with the locals. Um, when we do a big release like a stout or a sour, it's typically a lot of the, the Phoenix people that come up here. I mean, that's the closest so like metropolitan for, area. For Quotha, for Quotha yeah. Raven, yeah. they'll be coming up from yeah. Phoenix. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, Flagstaff is a small community and um, it's a small city. So, um, And it's a very craft scene. You know, we have, There's a lot of craft food, craft beer. Arts and crafts, um, <laughs> really, but uh, not, it's small compared to like a major city. So you know, you get Phoenix where it's probably like ninety degrees today, and people want to get out of the heat, so they drive up the Flagstaff. And um, there's a lot of great breweries down in Phoenix, some in, you know, and even in Southern Arizona. But um, it's a because it's a destination town, you know, between Sedona and the Grand Canyon. Um, I, it's um, I feel like we do get a lot, a lot of tourists. Yeah. <laughs> Way more tourists than locals, I feel. Yeah. Although the locals like maintain everything going. <laughs> <laughs> Do you generally find that it's more locals on the weekdays and then the weekends are for the? Uh, it's actually the a pretty season. good spread all the way around. I think we get a lot of yeah. people traveling through town during the week. Yeah. Interesting. We try and like people. support the locals though. Like we have on Mondays, we do like a locals deal. We do three dollar pints if you live in town. Um, that kind of brings in a big crowd. Uh, but generally, it's definitely mixed for sure. Interesting. Um, what beers do you generally have that fly off the shelf? I mean, clearly this... Our loggers outsell these. Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, the last Pilsner we had on tap was gone in like two weeks. I think that was mostly because I was drinking all of it. <laughs> we were all drinking it. Have you ever had any beers that have just landed with a thud? Mm, yeah. Just well, yeah, Kyle Raid Aid definitely lost some steam there. Was that a double batch? Yeah, it was a it was a large batch beer. It, I feel like so we had that in cans. Sour with Kool Aid and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> the cans sell. Yeah, they, they sold. Like they were they were yeah. out. But we still we have one quarter barrel keg on tap still, so that's been sitting for a while. But <laughs> you know, go in there and shake it up a little bit, and the glitter comes out, and people get yeah, soaked about it. it. It's like a kind of gimmicky kind of thing, but it's fun. <laughs> that's what's cool about like having a three barrel system, so we can fuck around and do yeah. shit like that. Yeah, not. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did not realize that you were so close to Route 66. Yeah, half a block that way. It's <laughs> kind of amazing. Has yeah. anybody sort of grabbed onto that theming or? Yeah, Mother Road. That's their. Oh uh, yeah, that's I guess their jam. That makes sense. Yep. Um, super cool idea. You know, they name all their beers after like driving or whatever. Gotcha. Um, 
well, I guess cool. if, if they do that, it would be so easy for you to name your beers after constellations or yeah. things like that. But you decide. You'd be surprised. There's not a lot of good constellation beer names out there. Really? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> A little too corny for my uh, my life. Can't call your beer R two one three six. Exactly, yeah. Letters and numbers. <laughs> but Cere- Cerebral in Denver, he has that beer covered. Yeah. That's funny. So, in terms of food, obviously, you have a pizza place, or yep. they basically you're sharing the space yep. with them. So, them notwithstanding, I've been told that there's some great Mexican in the area. Yep. What other kinds of places are there? To recommend Mexican, and I know there's also like a hot dog, this weird hot dog drive-through place. Oh yeah, that that place is actually uh, really really good. The for, you know, quick food. The dog, yeah, there you go. It's it's pretty good. I think they got like best of flag for breakfast burritos or something. Oh like, nice. Last year, this year, or last year. Um, but dude, honestly, downtown Flagstaff's got so much good food. You can walk around and find anything. Yeah, like it's yeah, lots of cool cocktail bars here that make like pretty upscale pub style food, like great burgers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, how close are we to the Grand Canyon? Is it something that you could theoretically day trip? Or? Oh yeah, it's only about an hour away, maybe even less than that. Yeah, just up north. Seventy miles. Okay, that's not bad. So, yeah. Flagstaff's so centered everything. You got Sedona down south, Grand Canyon up north. You know, you can go out to Williams, you climb the Williams mountain biking. Just, there's, it's so centered. And you're really close to Vegas. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we're about three hours from Vegas. Three, three and a half hours. Yeah. That's not so bad at all. You can bust out one of, uh, do like a 24-hour bender and head out to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. You really can. If you're up for it. And I know you were talking about kind of the arts and crafts scene. If you're not interested in Vegas hookers or whatever, <laughs> or the Golden Knights, we got oh, yeah. no strip clubs in Flagstaff. No strip clubs in Flagstaff. But it's very an artsy community. A lot of. Uh, Impressive folks live in this area, um, and even yeah, a lot of really uh, impressive folks that are coming up from Tucson, Phoenix, um, Sedona, Prescott, um, everything from contemporary you know like artists to uh, glass blowers, sculptors. You know, like Frank Lord Wright spent a ton of time out here. There's a lot of really cool architecture in the area as well. And, uh, Arizona is probably one of the most uh, diverse states as far as like culturally and. Um, it's like geographically. I mean, you can do so much out here. A lot of um, athletes, like world-class athletes, come to train in Flagstaff specifically. So uh, we get a lot of those folks coming in here. Um, a lot of different. Like, yeah, it's cool to like see like a pro athlete come in. I'm like, oh my god, I follow you on Instagram. You know, like, you're drinking <laughs> our beer. Like that's cool. Yeah. So are there a lot of art studios here? Or do you get a lot of mm-hmm. artists or art nights? here at the brewery uh so they do uh first friday art walks every month okay um and we typically try and feature a different artist uh all the time right now we have one of our bartenders boyfriends uh photography on the wall um which is really gorgeous yeah stuff. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like he said there's a lot of talented folks around here i think the there's something about the desert and the elevation that makes people a little crazy <laughs> in a good way <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm surprised that we are as high up. And it's uh, is there skiing around here? Yeah, yeah we have a we have a resort maybe 15 minutes away from here. Yeah, Humphreys Peak is the tallest uh, point. Or, uh, it's the it's highest mountain in Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, 13,000 feet up there, and we're at 7,000 feet here. You know, downtown Flagstaff. So if you if you're not used to drinking here, you need to drink water between every beer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little up here. Yeah, I um, I got my water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not afraid to babysit. 
good thing is we train up here, so when we go to Phoenix for events and stuff, we just drink everybody near the table. Like, just like <laughs> smashing them. <laughs> do you do you, or do you get a lot of events up here in Flagstaff, or do you generally have to go to Phoenix to get those? Phoenix is kind of like our our wheelhouse for that sort of thing. You know, we 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 hit that hard. Um, Arizona Beer Week's coming up in two weeks, and the joke is it's Phoenix Beer Week. Nobody comes up here, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> But it's fine. I mean, that's, you know, where the money's made for us. You know, those big weekends during, like, July and August when they're up here because it's 195 degrees down there. But I've noticed every single brewery in the state that I've been to has that huge Arizona craft beer tin tacker. Yeah. Uh, what is that organization and what all have they, do they do for brewers so that's, like you? That's the Brewers Guild. Um, they do a lot of legal stuff for us. Uh, as you know, Four Peaks is here, and they're a they're an AB and Bev bought brewery. Um, they had a lot to do with like Four Peaks actually did a lot for us before they got bought out. Now they're not allowed to do anything. Interesting. Um, what was being close to a couple places that have had those seismic purchases mm-hmm. and seeing one that you know just came down on the internet today? Yeah. What was the reception like when that sale happened? I mean, we were all a little bit upset and angry, but um, we still. I still talk to a lot of the guys that work there, and the head brewer is a really nice guy. They said all their, their lives got easier. You know, they their budgets went up. They got equipment that they needed. So I, I really don't care. And, it, and honestly, I know it angers a lot of people, but it never it hasn't really changed anything. It, if anything, it's made all of us little guys stronger because people are just like, go little guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not hurt them either, you know. What, the people that that affects are like the middle of the road breweries that are still in business like a lot of the Colorado breweries um, I would even say like Cigar City for in, for instance would be a, yeah. one that was probably pretty affected by it what about Santan um, yeah because I know they had a big distribution and then they scaled back yeah well, I think that's uh, big beer in general there's mm-hmm. too many of us around now they're just they're stealing from the pot or we are stealing from the pot and that's okay it's just it's going craft beer is going in a different direction right now and that might change again and come back I don't know but well what is that different direction because I've talked to a lot of people that yeah. have basically said just a small tap room keeping everything within the tap room is really optimal these days is that well, what you're seeing that's where you keep your money you know I mean distribution is great because we get our name out there but we're making sense on the dollar so fiscally it doesn't really make any sense especially because we have a you know a brewing staff of three people bartending staff of another 10 you know like there's a lot of mouths to feed around here and I'd rather keep that here keep these mm-hmm. guys happy um, going to the events in Phoenix is that good do you get a lot of people that see you that are introduced for you there and then we'll make the trip up people oh, yeah. in Phoenix love us honestly yeah people make the yeah. trip up here it's two hours from Phoenix it's not that big of a deal people come up here and get crawlers we'll get a bunch of crawlers go down and stock up well, like with what, what Ryan just stated is that um, we're not part of a large distribution, and like for me, I see it. Um, that's <clears throat> that has a lot to do with control. Like now, we there's a lot of quality control. One because we've scaled up to where we're at, and now we can work within the budget and whatnot, and be able to produce good beer versus mediocre beer under like certain stipulations and like you have investors and like what's going on so you cut corners and um and that could, that's okay for production but for a craft brewery people notice that when you come in and you're like oh well this tastes it's not the same it's not as you know uh, as complex as it used to be why and like well you know 
a, a production brewery is not going to tell you that they're cutting corners. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just you know trying to like you know yeah pay bills at that point because mm-hmm. there's a lot of overhead. So like you know for a business for me like business sense it's like that makes sense, but also like it benefits you know all of our you know all of the clientele and everybody's coming here to drink because um, one they're not going to see the same thing all the time because we're see, you know we're trying to source ingredients like based on seasons and what's available to us not like well we got to make you know this beer and it's gonna has to be like this every single time and what do we do because we're missing you know these hops <laughs> so yeah. um, being creative within the brew scene it's more realistic versus trying to like fulfill expectations do you get a lot of people that came in you know hey i was here last year and you had that sour with the glitter and <laughs> oh, the, yeah. every time every yeah. day one, one of the time. biggest ones is our jalapeno beer people eat that uh, uh it's just a it's just my day with jalapenos and it's but spicy it's, a, it's in the yeah. back of the throat it's nice <clears throat> yeah <laughs> um i obviously we mentioned that the coffee is locally roasted how much other produce for lack of a better word, can you find in the area? How much can you source locally? Whether obviously hops and malt, no, but other adjuncts. Um, the Arizona wine scene is exploding right now, so that's uh, <coughs> that's actually pretty readily available to us. Wine grapes, and, um, barrels as well. Oh yeah, yeah. We work with uh, a lot of our close friends down here, sourcing <coughs> barrels, sourcing grapes. Um, Oak Creek Canyon, yeah. blackberries grow everywhere. Um, it's pretty fruitful, you know. I mean, prickly pears. Yeah, people think you know we're in the desert and nothing grows here, and that's completely false. <laughs> There's only a small pocket of the state that's like that, and that's mm-hmm. Phoenix. And you shouldn't want to go there anyway because it's hotter than hell. <laughs> <laughs> but everywhere else is great. Um, I mean, Phoenix is good too. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but you just, I, you, you can't go there for three months, or at least I can't. Try to try to deliver beer down there. It's just it's miserable. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you allowed to deliver beer yourself? Yeah, we're a self-distributed company. Wow. Yeah. It's just it's amazing that you have a self-distributed state. Yep. That's to a point, we can only point. we can yeah. only brew nineteen hundred and ninety-nine barrels before we have to sign our distributor. That's the rule. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe um. it's more than that. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see if ATF listens to this podcast and comes talking. TTB. TTB. There you go. Uh, yeah, ATF would be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a great state, man. Like, I think a lot of people are misinformed. Mm-hmm. So, Arizona has some good beer. Yeah, it really does. I was really impressed with a lot of the stuff. Um, where where else have you been? Um, well, I've been to I guess what is now PHX Beer mm-hmm. Company. Santan was pretty impressive. Um, did Prison Hill down in Yuma? I'm trying to think of who else I did in the Phoenix area. I can't think off the top. There's so many. Uh, Desert Eagle. Nice. <coughs> Are there any places in Phoenix that you would recommend? Um, and, and, well, not just Phoenix, but here in Flagstaff as well. Flagstaff, Mother Road's awesome. Lumberyard yeah. makes really great beer. Um, Phoenix, Ren House, Arizona Wilderness. Uh, Pedal House is also really amazing. And then Tucson's in that whole area down there has got a really good group of breweries as well. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess it seemed like Tucson had another scene kind of like yours, a small... Oh, it's way bigger than ours. That, really? Yeah, they've got probably 35 breweries in that city. Yeah. Tucson's bigger than you think. It's 
two million huge. people, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I guess they, like you, are a college town. Yeah. But their college is slightly bigger. A lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> is that ASU or is that U of A? U of A. Yeah. Gotcha. ASU is in Phoenix. No, Correct. Tempe. Yeah, Tempe. <laughs> it's <What> Phoenix. Um, so obviously we talked about the wine barrels. Is there a lot of distilling in Arizona, and have you been able to partner with Not them? so much yet. Um, it's getting better. Uh, we actually have some friends up in uh, Colorado where we're sourcing a lot of our barrels from now. Um, Scob Brewing Company, their uh, sister company is Peach Street Distillers. Uh -huh. uh, they're up in Palisade, right on the front slope there where all the fruit grows, so they make some really crazy fruited brandies and stuff, so... Started sourcing some of their stuff, which has been fun. Are we close to Colorado? About five hours. Okay, because I've noticed there's been, obviously Arizona, I see a lot of Arizona, but then I see a lot of Colorado yeah. in the area, not over and above the traditional. Yeah, I mean. There are the couple Denver breweries that are all over the place. Durango is like four and a half miles out, or four and a half hours that way, four and a half miles. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people from Fort Collins are here too, because Fort Collins is kind of similar to Flagstaff in a way. <coughs> okay. College town, small, big brewery scene, craft brewery scene, like. So you get a lot of Phoenix, you get a lot of Colorado. Any other states, do you get a lot of Nevada or maybe even people coming over from Southern California? Oh, uh, California for sure. Definitely California. Really? Yeah, so the, the universities in the state offer in-state tuition to California residents. Really? So, yeah, it, just, it helps get an influx of people here. Interesting. So that's why NAU's grown so much. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say? It's like probably 30% California. Yeah, a folks. lot of kids from California. Yeah. You that's, get, that's good. Yeah. Is most of your crowd a college crowd then? No. Or do you have college nights where it is? Or just, no, I mean, nope. for, for the most part, the college students that do come in here do like craft beer and they're interested in the scenes. Seniors, masters, students, people like that yeah. are like a little bit moved on from it's like we crushing close at 10, natural light. So we kind of filter out all those like party kids, you know, yeah. right? which is nice. We have plenty of bars in town that are open until 2. So. Exactly. <laughs> Craft breweries have never been a place for the hardcore get drunk. We don't need rowdy people in here. We want people who enjoy beer and actually interested in it. We want to have a good time. Absolutely. Um, so if somebody is in, in Flagstaff for a couple of hours, obviously once they finish with uh, Dark Sky, where would they go? Last suggestions. My spot's the Annex Cocktail Lounge. Food. Great cocktails. Their staff is amazing. Cool little tiny bar. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, me personally, I just stick to the breweries in town. I'm not really a big cocktail guy, but I'll just like close out Dark Sky or go over to Mother River or something. Nice. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority.
See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Brizo, at your local Ferguson showroom. Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Phil, and we're the co-hosts of Florida Men, a true crime comedy podcast. Each week on Florida Men, we bring you stories from the shady side of the Sunshine State, starring America's most prolific criminal, Florida Man. Stories with headlines like, Florida Man arrested while trying to hide legless fugitive girlfriend in plastic bin. Florida Man arrested with a monkey in a diaper clutching his shirt. Florida Man loses fingers, eyebrows, and hearing in, quote, modified fireworks, unquote, mishap. Florida woman shoots her ex-husband in the groin while he tries to take her air conditioner. Florida Man carrying live alligator chases people in a convenience store. Florida woman arrested at Walmart, then smoked crack in the back of a police car. Florida woman sent 65,000 texts to a Tinder date gone wrong. And Florida woman calls 911 on a possum. You can find Florida men on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are found. At this point, I assumed the interview was over, but the gentleman that I were speaking to came back with quite the extensive tray of samples so I made the executive decision to go ahead and fire up the recording equipment one more time and continue our conversation. So we've got a lot of chatting to do about the beers that they provided, including that glitter beer that we spoke about earlier and a nice in-depth conversation of exactly what is Mezcal. Thank you so much and I hope you're enjoying the interview. We will come back in a few weeks down in Phoenix but for right now, let's get back to Dark Sky Brewing. Enjoy. Sorry, Miss Cal aged. Um, La Grossa, it was like gin barrel aged. And it's just so nice with like lime and what else? No gin barrel. No gin barrel. No mezcal barrel. Oh, I am so sorry. Okay. So, mezcal barrel. So what is mezcal? I think I know what it is, but I don't know. It is uh, tequila. So it's, it's made from the agave plant. Okay. Um, they actually smoke them. That's where the flavor okay. comes from. Um, yeah, it's so it's kind of like a smoked tequila. Correct. Or, interesting. And uh, everybody makes different renditions of it all over Mexico. Okay. Different types of smoke. And where'd you? And so you go over the barrel again. That was a lot of information. I uh, so, so they came out of uh, mezcal barrels. Uh, it was a collaboration with our friends out in Santa Fe, um, Rally Farmhouse Sales. Oh, it's got a. It's got the nice sharp bite. Yep. It's got a lovely lime margarita sort of mm-hmm. treatment so you can taste the citrus and taste a little bit of the salt we were going out you get a mild spiciness i yeah it on the end the the end of it it's it's interesting because it starts with the sharp bitterness not bitterness but the sourness sorry yeah. starts with the sharp then it moves over to the citrus then the mezcal sort of comes in then at the very end you do have I, I, if you had told me that there was some sort of a pepper in this, I would not be surprised. Yeah. I can tell it's by the smirk on your face that there's, there's not. There is. <laughs> there is. Yeah. I will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what kind of peppers? And how do you control pepper in a beer? Because I have yeah. had some where, like, literally I would think the beer was going to eat the table. We have, uh, we made our, our own little tincture. Okay. So we can put in, like, an ounce at a time. Okay. And sit on it for a minute and then, uh, go from there so that's this one yep and then 17 is oh the doppelbach uh so that one's actually the sweater oh, sweater zest yeah we, what just, is this? we just recently switched around taps to oh. make some nitro taps so other uh, menus a little out of whack but another sour with mango tangerine and lime 
interesting it's, combination. That one for me is, a, is my, my favorite sour on tap, just because that tangerine is in your face. I love that. But it's, got, it's not like overwhelmingly sour. No. You make a lot of like super acidic, super tart stuff. It's kind of mellow for me. It's, it's mellow. It's definitely a lot more mellow than the first, than the margarita mezcal one. Yeah, definitely. But you get enough of the fruit. Yeah, enough. Face, I, think it's, I think it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really well, like, controlled. Really nice. And then is this still... That's the Kyle Aid. Oh, Kyle so Aid. this is the <laughs> glitter beer. Yep. Yeah. Oh, people keep driving to Phoenix. Alright, so this is the standard porter and then you can see the nitro like you can even yeah. see like the head on that. I mean I wish I could it's so much different when you get it right away, you know? Um, oh yeah. And I'm surprised the nitro really uh the, the head goes it, it kinda goes away right away. I thought it would cascade longer, but um mm -hmm. either way, um that's incredible. So when I initially tasted the Death's Dirt Sodom, this is a different uh, porter. Last uh -huh. porter had lactose in it. Okay. So it kind of had that like thick and like, silkiness to it. Very mouth, nice mouthfeel. And I I was obsessed with that porter. I loved it so much. There's a big coffee nose right off Dude, the Yeah, bottom. so they rebrewed it. And they brewed it uh, differently this time. No lactose. It has coconut in it. And I personally think it was like really roasty. You know what I mean? It was what? It, 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 it was almost overly roasty for my palate. It, it does. There's a, there's a touch of the coconut, but it's big. There's a lot of there's a lot of coffee. There's a little bit of chicory. There's a lot of mm -hmm. pumpernickel. Yeah. Stuff like that. But that was the regular. Now so we're going to try yeah, the nitro. When it's on nitro, it kind of applied that silkiness that I like about the lactose. But then go back to the regular one and see what it smells like. I feel like once you go back and you really like look, you, you can pick out the coconut more on the normal. Because the nitro is going to, you know, destroy all those, you know, all those aromatic carriers, all that aroma. I think, yeah. Maybe it tastes a little bit more of the coconut in the regular than the regular, than the nitro. right. The nitro feels like the lactose that's there, but then that's just nitro. It's so. interesting because, uh, you know, when I, they were here and they're toasting coconut shavings, you know, shaved yeah. coconut. Okay, I was going to ask you uh, how you do that because you do have a pizza place yeah, in I mean, here. Yeah, we're around a tray. If you nice. follow us on social media, you'll see that uh, a lot of times on our story. So, like, I read... So I run the social media and I really reserve posting uh, for uh, more important things where it's like the stories, like if you're a true fan, you're gonna follow the stories because the stories is, you're gonna see a lot of what's going on here. Maybe not so much like the, the brew process, but in the stories you'll see brew process. You'll see us dumping, you know, dry hops or I'll post pictures of ingredients just because I want people to see that um, that's the difference between a craft brewery and a production brewery. So it's yeah. like the, the quality, not the quality, but maybe, yeah, yeah it's the quality. quality. It is the quality of the ingredients, you know? Like, again, like earlier, I'm like, we, sometimes we might have to like adjust recipes based on what's available, but they're not cutting corners. We have smaller batch beers. We can use locally, right. like local fruit because we do smaller batches and it allows us to use more fresh shit. If we're brewing at a higher capacity, we're gonna be using like well, and then that comes into like you know like hop contracts and all this weird stuff that people have to get into to like you know just to main, maintain consistency within their brew programs. That in a way like we don't have to do that. Like you know you might get a pills that might have a non-traditional hop, but I tell you what, it's gonna be an incredible beer. 
You know, because they're like, we're all we're all sitting here drinking every day, tasting beers, and um, these guys are just like, what do you think about this? I come from a wine scene and like a food scene, and um, I'm not, I'm still really learning about beer, but I understand flavors. And, like, I, I, I feel like I drink, I like good beer. Give a good palate. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, we're uh, we'll sit here like. I brought some homemade kombucha and like, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, <laughs> it, it, for those of you that can't see it, some eyes just went really wide. So something tells me that this kombucha was um, uh, less refreshing beverage and more gasoline. Well, so no, it was it was refreshing, but um, so we just bottled it a couple days ago and uh, we just didn't let it sit long enough, or he didn't let it sit long enough. Right, um, sulfur got built up in the bottle, and the yeast just didn't get to eat at that. So we, uh, so okay, just to let you know, um, I, I brewed a uh, a home brewed kombucha, and then there's a a much a, a different. So kombucha is a fermented black tea beverage, uh-huh. and so you can ferment black tea, and the black tea will form this uh, symbiotic culture of bacteria and called yeast scoby. called the scoby, and then so um, you can. Start off your kombucha brew and it's scoby, and what you're gonna get with this is like you know vinegary uh, brew that's like mostly acetobacter, right? Uh-huh. And it's just like kind of soury, kind of vinegary. But then you can second ferment it, right? So um, I and then so on top of that, you can further take that process, and instead of using black tea, you can use green tea, and instead of using sugar, you can use honey. And so black tea and sugar. You know, is considered kombucha. Green tea and honey is considered June or Jun. So I did green tea and honey, and then I second fermented it on fruit, um, mangoes, tangerines, blueberries, ginger, <laughs> lemonade. Like, what? Of, uh, and this is like a lot going on. <laughs> anyway, so it was very. It was. It smelled like fucking pure shit. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, we cracked this open and this, the overwhelming smell of like burnt rubber, what, sulfur, eggs. Uh, it's, it smelled like, if you ever walked into a hair salon, it smelled like a hair salon. Ooh. That's literally or like, like, like after a perm. Oh. Or even like if you know what uh, like head and shoulders smells like. <laughs> it was like all those things. And um, so I'm like, I'm fighting off. I'm like, whoa, this is, we gotta dump this and like. Ryan just takes a swig. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fucking nuts. And he's like, this is the most incredible thing I've had. I'm like, but I'm, I, and at this point, I'm just like, oh my god, I can't even. Because he understands like that pretty process. But so. he knows that I'm not yeah, there he yet. He understands that you're gonna have that off flavor for a little bit. So anyway, just kind of eat at it. Uh, if you're out. around tomorrow, oh, you're leaving tonight. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh. All right, maybe if you want to, I, I can like go grab another bottle before you leave tonight. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I still have all of this to go through. Oh yeah, well we can get back to this. <laughs> but it, well, it, it sounds like it sounds like I guess you're not just here to bartend. It sounds like you're actually trying to do the stuff yourself, and you're actually learning from just, not only him but everybody else in town. We're from, all of us are good friends, you know. Like we're all great every day friends. I'm learning something different. I'm learning something new. I can bring in my home brews. We can learn from that. They can tell me what. I'm doing wrong what I'm doing right, you know? And that's, the, like, I feel like the whole point of this. Ryan and Laramie, they want to give back to the community and, yeah. you know, support that. They're really like, great I, I people. They don't, I'm very fortunate. To nothing's them. a secret here. You know, they're very um, transparent and open. And, um, yeah, so, okay, not all of us. Uh, I would say out of the, 
the, the bartenders, there's only two of us that are really into homebrewing. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does that. It's just you and me, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, just pretty much me and everybody. <laughs> Is there a large homebrew scene in Flagstaff? Uh, there, so there's a, there's a big homebrew scene, I feel like. Not a lot of people attend the homebrew clubs every week, every uh-huh. month. Um, we have like, I don't know, about 20, 20 guys that come in. Um, some of them don't show up, some do. But the homebrew scene itself, I feel like, is there. The, uh, we put on like this big homebrew, uh, a big brew day, we called it, over at Mother Road last year. And it just, all the homebrewers got to come together and then like, just do a big brew day together at Mother Road. And they all got to like, talk to brewers and like, kind of get some feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people turned up to that. But not necessarily the homebrew meetings itself, because I don't I don't know if people really can like fit that in their schedule or right. they just kind of want to brew what they want. And this brew. is a there's a and lot of professionals in town, that, you know. But there's with that being said, like oh, we were talking about earlier, like the community is very uh, down to earth. We have a lot of people that you know raise their own animals and have these like tiny homesteads, and you know Flagstaff is a very down to earth community where um, you know you have like again just people that aren't necessarily you know it's the demographic you have to kind of like you need to be able to support yourself to live here because it is a it's a university town so uh-huh. uh, with that being said like you have to be able to live here and, you know you gotta like have a good job or a decent job it's expensive or expensive to live here it's expensive that's what I'm getting to it's All expensive right. to Thank live you. here but um with that being said like you know there's yeah there's a lot of uh crafty people up here and it shows it you go it's it yeah how are their brews? Are they good at brewing? Or do they still have a little ways to go? Us? Them? Yeah. <laughs> we, we'll find out. He's got a lot of talk about that. <laughs> I was just oh. telling him about the sulfur bomb. Oh, your kombucha? <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of us are sick or dead. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to die from it. It just smells bad. If that's how you label success. (laughs) I mean, you know, for a a person that doesn't own a brewery, (laughs) I have nobody that's died yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a key word. (laughs) So I'm going to be completely awkward and switch over to the vinyl mics that apparently you spin. Uh, (laughs) According to the really gorgeous picture wall of all the beer slingers my weird ass photo yeah. <laughs> and, and, and piercing things together um tell us a little bit more about that uh, is this so, a vinyl town or is this just a vinyl I brewery? mean this is just a town that appreciates music I mean not necessarily vinyl although I do think vinyl is coming back at this point I just started collecting from last December so I'm I guess fairly new to it but uh I'm, I'm learning about music I'm learning about old school music and, I, I mean, I, an, can, I do have an old soul, as, as Ryan would say. Sometimes. You are an old soul. <laughs> but, um, it's a very vinyl. I mean, yeah, vinyl's coming back, and there's a lot of pop-up shows that are going on in town. And yeah, do you know Zia Records by chance? No. Uh, they're a big, like, kind of electronic store. Um, they're in Phoenix. I think they're in Tucson and in Vegas. They, we do okay. like a little collaboration with them. They come up here, and we do like a pop-up shop, and just kind of like get the people in Flagstaff to come out and buy mm-hmm. some records. Nice. Honestly, it gets pretty busy. There's a lot of people that come by. Uh, there is a vinyl scene up here, definitely. Interesting. For sure. um, we don't really get too, too many people on Wednesday nights. I used to work Wednesday nights, not anymore, but uh, not too many people on Wednesday nights that come in to bring their stuff. But when they do, it's, it's really cool. It's nice. Bring in your music, have them have us play your music. Nice. I just now noticed that the uh, bar 
right up on the picture windows as the uh, yeah. constellations. We'll, we'll put the lights well. in there too. It's actually easier than, easier than you think. It just seems difficult, I guess. And you said that I yeah, that's why I always from my impression I thought it was difficult to do. I, I'm like, I don't know how you like put the fiber optic cord in a concrete slab. You gotta like position each one of them though. It's kind of hard. The secret trade secret. Trade secrets. <laughs> I just told them you're open and <laughs> you share everything. <laughs> well, I haven't asked about that so I'm just in my own brain trying to figure out how they're doing it. All right, well, gentlemen, I really do appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Okay. I feel like we have to leave these tables. Logger Layover is a proud member of the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent craft beer podcasters across the country. Find more great craft beer podcasts at hoppedupnetwork.com. The Logger Layover Podcast is a production of Florida Beer Media. Visit us on the web at loggerlayover.weebly.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at loggerlayover. Our music is Cruise Control by Shane Ivers. Find him at www.silvermansound.com. Find Florida Beer Media at our homepage on floridabeerblog.com and the Florida Beer Podcast wherever good podcasts are found. Email us at loggerlayover at gmail.com. And subscribe to our podcast on the app or podcast platform of your choice. Tell your friends and if you use Apple, please leave us a 5-star review. Thank you for listening. <laughs>